Hey, welcome everyone to Fitness and Relations. Um, and Melissa, I'm not sure if you've heard my last podcast. Maybe it's not out yet for Live a Larger Life, but I don't even know if I've pronounced your last name correctly all these years. I mean, I think you're saying it right. Oh. And Carl's saying it wrong. If Carl said it, it's probably Carl saying it wrong. I've never corrected Carl. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I joked about it, but uh, Melissa G. Oh, yeah, I think we said it last time. It's like a great a great rap name or a great, I don't know, creative musical expression name. Uh, or it probably was. But anyways, um, it's James Fitzgerald here with Melissa G. Uh, down with Fitness in Relations. Uh, this is episode three. Today, we're going to uh, try to tie in. Or first of all, we're going to ask the question. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is... And I'm going to emphasize the word really. Is it really a demasculinized society today? Is it really? Are you are you in agreement with me that that that's the question we're asking today? Like, is is it real? Is it reality to it? Yes, that's yeah. what I wanted to dig into today. Yeah. Um. And uh, I think I uh, or I think we agreed upon it as a proposal idea because uh, we also wanted to tie it into um, just your pre-game story there uh what's going on in your life and uh we need to be able to tie this in somehow i don't know if we need to but i'd like to uh the concept of masculinity and the large idea of it and tie it into coaching and tie it into fitness and tie it into uh fitness business um and tie it also into you know listeners most likely over time why does this why does this connect to fitness uh would you uh, would you say on your pre story that 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 there a little bit ties in there, right? Because you're talking about coaching and the characteristics of coaches and and clients, right? This client, so exactly. I think that's kind of what inspired me is partly our conversation yesterday and just language around gender and yes. does it matter? Yeah. Um, then going into the characteristics of what is masculinity this week and does it matter? Yeah. Are, are we truly a demasculinized society today? Um, and then in my own personal life, kind of going through as I get ready to hire a new coach, I brought up to myself, do we want to bring in a female or a male and does it matter? Okay. Well, let's start there for a second and talk about, uh, it's kind of backroom conversation, right? What we accept within OPEX gyms and CCP. And I say backroom is like, we don't tell the public a lot about our ideas around that. Meaning backroom and correct me if I'm wrong, we agree that uh, each human, regardless of sex, has both strengths in masculine and feminine characteristics. But when it comes to coaching and what's required, let's say the percentages need to be higher in masculine characteristics. Would you agree with that? I agree. And then in the end, I think that when the system is stressed, my second point on it, and when the system is stressed, meaning Fitness needs coaches, fitness need fitness the collective needs direction, uh, et cetera. I think you might just get more males who end up having exuding those masculine characteristics. Would you say that that's that's a reality inside of fitness to start? I would agree with it. And I'd say again, just even through my own story right now of the um different people that we're getting that are inquiring about working for us. I'm getting more females just because I'm one of few female OPEX gym owners. So I think, you know, a lot of them gravitate towards me. Mm. But when I look at characteristics of what I'm looking for, they are all more masculine and what I'm, what we need to yeah. flush out and build out our team. And that's not what I'm seeing in a lot of the females I'm getting more shy, more introverted, 
um, less directive or ability to like uh, to carry the room. Yeah. Um, and so I think you're hundred percent of like, we are going to see more men or the ones that align yeah. with more masculine characteristics. Um, I kind of lost my tangent on there, but no, no, I, experiencing it right it. now and seeing yeah. again what we're getting and, um, and just seeing the landscape again, this is the first time I've had to hire in the last, you know, three years or pre COVID so three, four years. Yeah. So it's just interesting for me to see, uh, who are the new coaches coming up? What are the characteristics that they possess? Um, and does that look different to me now than what it would have if I was hiring 10 years ago? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, this is a, I didn't think, I didn't know if we'd go this direction, but this is a great insight before we get to the particular articles that we'll link and just the, I know it's a big question if if it's actually real of demasculinization, but that uh, that does play a part in what we do day to day. Um, you know, it does, I guess, it's not just that, you know what I'm saying? It's not just a topic that you and I have decided to discuss because our podcast is called Fitness and Relations. It actually does affect our clients um, and it does affect our coaches and it does affect our business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I'm always, I guess, a little bit, um, well, I'm not hesitant to to make the, to make, to make that statement, you know, but I, I can understand people listening or individuals listening who may connect masculine with male and feminine with female. I think that's where it gets jammed. And then, and then if you, if you assume that for good reason, you assume that, right. Because of how you've been raised formative with the language and et cetera, then you could see if you say something, you know, that's like, well, I have, you know, nine coaches and eight of them are males you know, then you can see from the outside, it's like, oh, geez, you know, I think you should have another four female coaches in order to balance out, you know, but you're forgetting that it is possible that you could have eight females and one male, but all of them very successfully have their own, let's call it heightened levels of the characteristics that are required for coaching. Yeah. Yes. Which would be, and we're saying like, it's, you can't see me on the screen, but it's not like it's this massive difference in character it's like minimal but that effect size is quite important right it is because to your point we want so the reason why i make mention of that is that i want us to be careful to speak on behalf of fitness for the overcorrection of wanting to see particular skin colors sex religious beliefs or anything in front of you as a coach because you think that's going to be representative of who's going to be best for a coach yeah it's not that it, it's got to do with those characteristics that are probably if we're only like isolating the the variable of masculine feminine characteristics with regardless of sex. Um, I think that uh, it's going to be, you know, you know what I'm saying, do you, do you sense that the like the overcorrection issue and also what it means for business, I guess you could say. Yes, I do, because, again, if I can if we just go back to exactly what you just stated, it's not the amount of men I have on the team or the amount of women I have on my team. It's the characteristics that make that we've defined, make a great coach. Yeah. So it's like, if I have a whole team of men um, that potentially be some of the topics we're going to talk about today are more feminine in character. Uh, characteristic, yes. great to, um, yeah. What does that, what does that do for my yeah. business? See, that's the effect size thing that I was talking about that, Okay, you so you just say on the left side you have males, on the right side you have females. Even the left side for males, they will still, even at 
you know, heightened level of, of feminine characteristics still have more masculine characteristics than the females on that side. Except I would say, and I'm going to assume in your case, I think you would have that direction leadership uh, masculine characteristics that are heightened for that particular case. Would you agree with that? And I'd say that's what's carried us as long as we have is yeah. having really strong attributes in that. It's never felt yeah. like it was me, you know, like that's where we've had this conversation as, as a team of what's allowed the business to still succeed is that I typically, um, I have a lot more masculine characteristics, or at least when I'm on the floor and how I present myself with clients, yeah. where it's never felt, uh, you've never felt the shift of energy of it feeling really feminine, even when it was myself and another female coach is the only people inside that gym. We were both very masculine in essence, mm. um, especially as a CrossFit gym at the time that I think yeah. is what led to our initial success for us being able to be successful. Yeah. Well, a good segue there to the, um, to, uh, I don't know, you said the word CrossFit. So I'm, I'm trying, I immediately think of like monstrosity of fitness movement, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and if anything, uh, maybe you can have, you have a different point of view on it and this doesn't segue away from the masculinization or demasculinization, but I think there is some, some through lines there for, I mean, I saw it as that. I saw that movement, the whole movement as being very masculine-esque. But, but inside of, inside of the practices was feminine characteristics, right? Variety, flow, um, dynamicism or dynamics, you know, and if you kind of get in, and we won't, you know, you and I won't have perfect words to describe the other side of the continuums really well, but, you know, there is something, you know what I'm saying? Do you, did you sense that as well? Like it's, it's a, it's a very like mission driven system of CrossFit's beginnings, right? And it's like, here's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to take over, you know, whiteboard synopsis, survival, tie in the army, you know, the hero wads, like it's, it's like it's like a dream for a male for a, for the for the masculine, right? Yet, yet you tie in the internet perception, uh, community collectivism, uh, and as I said before, the variety dynamics, etc., flow based stuff. You could see you have this juggernaut of a movement. Did you connect any of that? I I say that's exactly why I fell in love with CrossFit. Um, my degree is in international relations with a focus on women in politics so like i was studying all these things on women in war and how that (laughs) happened stereo i was dating uh i was dating that i married a guy that is a a special forces officer so he was in deployment so that was my world and then it brought me into fitness coming out of sport where i was like this feels good like i connected to it with all the female essence portions of it is of being able to flow and move and not just be doing weight room style things or hit class. It was like, this was the perfect medley that aligned all things that were important to me at that time. Um, And that's where I said, that's everything you described was like CrossFit just handed to me at the perfect time in my life where it just gave me everything I was looking for community. And arguably maybe, I don't know what your point, your thoughts are on that. I don't know if you remember the movement of the fitness in the eighties and nineties, it was very subjugated for for females. It was it was very masculine dominant with, you know, logical driven Excel sheets, performance based, et cetera. But none of that, uh, quote unquote, uh, positive 
you know, uh, let's, I'm just going to put it in one word, people dominated characteristic, right? So if we're just going to, if we're just going to break down things and people to males and females, masculine, feminine characteristics, et cetera, hope people are mature enough to understand the connection there. Um, did you see that as well? The eighties, nineties movement was like, you know, weights and conditioning and, and nothing more. And then CrossFit was like a major middle finger to that concept. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. Anyways, thanks for giving me the time to kind of uh, be nostalgic on that movement. I did not know that that was going to be a connector to us today, but that does bring us to, that does bring us to uh, the conversation for today. And I appreciate you sending um, a couple of uh, articles and things for, we could, we could ask our listeners to kind of just read itself. But um, I have some, I have some thoughts on how we, how we got to that place for uh, asking the question, but what was your initial thoughts right away uh, when, when, when that question's asked, is that real today? Is demasculinization in society real? What's your immediate thoughts on that? Well, that's why I also sent you two or like two of the articles are just kind of polars there. Uh, yeah. the, the argument that it is a demasculized society today. And then the, op- not the opposite, but the, that we need more unity between uh, masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. so that both sides win which kind of yeah. drew me back to what we, what we talked about when we first started this podcast was unity on these topics. Yeah. Uh, femininity doesn't have to lose out for masculinity to, to still thrive. Yeah. Um, and so that's where it's like, is, is it a demasculine society or are we just hyper-focusing on the fact that we're seeing a rise in women and now that's becoming a point of contingency? Yeah. I, I thought about that as well. Cause I asked the question after looking at the title of our podcast and I said, well, who started this narrative? Yeah. Like, where, where did this narrative come from? I mean, regardless of the facts, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be, I yes. just want to be careful that let's just say someone says something, right? Let's just say in 2012, someone kind of sneaks it out, right? That, oh my gosh, uh, society is becoming demasculinized. <laughs> what do you think is going to happen, right? You're going to get a lot of intellects, a lot of academia, a lot of media jump on that story, right? Jump on that idea as well. Secondly, you could also very easily cherry pick a shit ton of biological data, you know, and you can just look around this. this, And first of all, this does not mean that it's possibly, I don't even know who judges the fact if it's demasculinized or not. This doesn't mean that it's still not a demasculinized society. It's just that, please ask the question, where did this come from? Did you think about that too? Like who started that idea? Or or was it like doctors just meeting for two decades, right? Being like, oh my God, testosterone's are drunk. I don't know what to do. Shh, you know, don't tell. All of a sudden it gets like leaked out. I mean, come on, come on. Well, so I, I was started by just going back to what are we defining as masculinity, right? And it's yeah. qualities and or attributes uh, regarded as a characteristic of a man. So handsome, muscled, and driven. He is a prime example of masculinity. I love that word, handsome. Gosh. So a far underused. <laughs> handsome. So what, right? you guys, what you're saying, right, is who started this narrative? It's like, are men less handsome? Are men less muscular? Are they less driven today? Like, I think the handsome one goes back to maybe our first podcast, because the handsome speaks about, you know, the concept of mating, 
the the uh, reproductive purposes, you know, and what we talked about with regards to sex as being this placeholder for a number of evolutionary reasons and us trying to deal with all the consequences of current society and that sex, right? But I don't know. I just kind of got jumbled on the word uh, handsome. I, I kind of feel sad for it. I just, I, I, <laughs> I guess it's not, it's not used enough because it, it, uh, it speaks of so many things. Anyways, I'm, I'm sidetracked well, on it, but you. So, but so the you, question of who started it that I'm, I just go to, is it a question of, are we a demasculized society or are we as in a whole, a less healthy society, which then. Yeah. Good. Clients muscled handsome potentially purpose and drive in a human being yeah when we go into some of the points the uh, one of the articles that Sonova brings up of a decline in testosterone a decline in overall he- health um, an increase in obesity and less fitness in in the united states is this a male issue or math and ask an issue for just men or is this also just showing a reflection of the united states as a whole today Great, uh, great lens, Melissa, because you what you just discussed there was looking through the lens of culture, sociology, culture, meaning like it's 2022. What does it look like out there when you look around sociology? You know, the the Charles Murray, Jonathan Haidt, like the the strong. I don't even know if there are specialists in that area, but they've asked these questions. And then biology, right? Obesity. What I wanted to touch on was the. If you, regardless of if you ever hearing about this idea of demasculinized society, you could just look around. I mean, like, I mean, you just observe, you're a fitness coach, you, you know what the physicality is. And, uh, I think that one of those things that, that, uh, led to that of your point there is, um, so regardless of the idea of it being demasculized or not, and where, even we're asking the question of where it came from, if you just look around, would you agree that we are definitely in a cognitive revolution? We're not in a physical revolution. Yes. And if you agree with that, can't you see as well as others see that if you take that away, I mean, one of the things that's well known biologically, it's not the direct connector, but uh, risky, adverse activity, tough jobs, physicality and aggressiveness. This is something that is indirectly innate in males and has been for for a large I should say a large percentage of males for a really really long time. So since the 70s, 80s, etc., um, I would refer people to WTF happened in 1971.com. It's a great intersection of ironically, I'm not sure if you recognize unless all the information that was on that NPR article, all of that connects in the economic turmoils that happened in the 70s and all of this shit going awry. It doesn't mean that that's the date that turned it all around but you know since then i really think physicality is at the i mean am i just blind do i just have blinders on because i'm super biased or you know i've always talked that talk right so am i blind on that or am i do you do you see it as well i see less it physical today 100 percent. we are less physical today yeah and that has only increased over the last three years since the pandemic began that's one and of the- I, I can speak to it one to who walked into our gym every single day. This is no longer a matter of, you know, telling people to exercise less most often. It's I need you. You don't even walk 10 minutes a day anymore. 
because you don't have to leave your house. So there are so many new innovations that make a person not need to be physical at all. If you don't know how to hang something in your house, you can use an app called TaskRabbit and someone will come to your house and hang something on your wall or move a piece of furniture for you or do anything for you. So the actual need to be physical, I don't believe is there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Well, at least another person agrees with me on that. <laughs> well, I always bang that drum so often, right? We don't need to be physical. And I say those things like we're in a cognitive revolution where intellect and the the uh, technocrat, the Elon Musks of the world are the superior beings, right? And Superman is not anymore, you know? Um, and that physical, you know, that physical idea. And if people are wondering how we're tying this in, I hope you can see this from our outset of talking about what you were discussing in your business profile for coaching as well as fitness. I'm not sure if everyone knows, but you know where you get physical is in an OPEX gym. I'm just, I'm just saying, just in case people are not connecting the dots there. So if you want to have even a little bit of uh, impact collectively in society, would you say that we need to continue to push people outside of our biased lens to gyms to become more physical? Yes. Just to stress the idea of like challenging yourself and getting all those positive emotions that we get from challenges. Yeah. Great. Now this is something to think about. Um, I think it might be possible. I'll just, this is a hypothesis, but I'll, I'll just take a stab at it. I actually I actually think that the lowering of one value like testosterone production over time is not just attributed to one thing, but I'm attributing it to that. So I'm going to see how I'm working the argument the opposite way. I'm not saying, oh, we're all lowered in testosterone, so we need to fix it with HRT and raising up masculinity for commercials. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the answer, right? Viagra or HRT or, you know, some hack job. Instead, what's right in front of you? Physical challenges. I'm not sure if you're uh, if you is, have a it, have a thought on that. It is the first thing I go to with every sales consult that we have when someone comes in in there because that is the new the new conversation is around testosterone levels and fertility typically yeah. on both ends for both men and women. And I always think of it as, is it the chicken or the egg or what gets it moving is like once we become more physically active. Typically, diet will start improving because we have more energy. We're feeling good. We then have an appetite, right? So for someone that's potentially sedentary and just snacking all day, um, once we start actually becoming physical act physically active every single day again, we are physically exhausted at night. So we have better sleep patterns. Uh, when we're sleeping better, we have better control of our appetite. So I'm not having the conversation of just avoid eating or avoid the cravings. The cravings may shift based off physical activity and getting better sleep. We sleep better. We're eating better. We're moving. Do we see a positive shift in testosterone levels again over the next decade when everyone's doing those things again? Well, I think, would you agree that we do actually see that? You know, like we don't even have to really measure the data, but if we get a, a large collection of uh, males or females, whoever wants to improve their testosterone levels, but I should say largely for males, we do see that. All those things. Oh, I'm sleeping better. Uh, increased chance of sexual reproduction. Um, you know, vitality, libido, you know, willingness to want to be consistent and be aggressive with physical challenges. 
I don't need to measure your fucking testosterone levels, right? What you just told me, if I have a collection of a thousand males and 988 of them all improve those things, I don't need to measure testosterone. You see what I'm saying? So it uh, it's right in front of us. And, and maybe that's just something that I hope listeners and anyone, any coach could listen in and say is that you don't need to measure that. It's going after what we believe in for physical challenges and the intentions of those that will get you there. Would you agree with that or yes. change the language on it? That's exactly the language I would use. I just think yeah. we typically are lower order when it comes to these problems. Yeah. We're looking for the band-aid versus digging a little deeper. Yeah. It's one of the, uh, well, what I liked was one of the articles that you sent. Um, it was called the demasculinization of America being a man shouldn't be a bad thing. And I think you did a great job of like balancing out the angles as to where that, that comes from. Um, and one of the things that was mentioned inside of that one was the, uh, just back to our previous point there of physicality. And um, you also want to look at vocation, um, you know, physicality and the vocations that people, that uh, I would say people participate in today based upon automation, technology, et cetera. I think that has lessened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, I believe it was in the one I sent from NPR, but it was just showing some of the statistics again of just um, occupation and there being less financial success in doing things that are physical. So where I think these kind of intersect intersect from a social standpoint is to be physical, to have a laborious job is no longer a sign of status. Mm -hmm. So we're having less men who are coming out of school, going into secondary education that want to get into something that would be laborious, unless it's in a leadership role, right? I might work yeah. for- Yeah, they're going to, they're going to MIT. They're going to MIT. Uh, they're finishing with these unbelievable mathematics careers. And where are they going? Finance. But where, what are they doing after their nine to five? Jiu-jitsu. So what happens if the person is not doing jiu-jitsu? So I think that is an example of what we have, where it is is like this massive change in vocation for what's you know what's required in, in intellect wise, mm -hmm. right? And at the extremes, you know, um, men like numbers, or the masculine does like numbers, but without the concept of numbers, and you know, just in case any any males are out there listening that are like, oh, I didn't know there was numbers in physical fitness. Oh, man, you've you've never experienced fitness, right? The like if I even said a blue plate, I mean immediately you know, right? When you know, you know. See, you're you're giggling right now. So there's <laughs> and adding up, right? I I mean, I just anyways, I was just laughing because I remember my wife thought that I was like Superman because I could look at all the colors on the barbell and and say, Oh, that's 137.5. And she's like, wow. <laughs> Every client is like, how do you just know that when you look at it? <laughs> and so if you, I, I looked like Superman at times because I could add up those numbers and I loved it. But uh, for those who don't uh, see that, maybe uh, maybe recognize that, that there is a balancer, right? You need to have, you could still go towards these intellectually challenging things, but there has to be that balancer of the physical challenge because, and the, you know, I'm not sure if you would agree with that notion, but it's not, it's not increasing. Like there's not, you know, uh, there's not an increased requirement for farmers, construction, welders, you know, perceptive wise, there's still jobs that are required for that, but it's not right. 
So, you know, what are we left with? We're left with people having to believe that they need to do physical challenges for the right reasons. Um, I'm not sure if, if you have any thoughts on that. What happens? I mean, I, I know, I know how I feel upon that, but you know what I'm saying? So if people are just, let's take that perspective, the person, the individual, the male who has the math in finance and is doing jujitsu, uh, if they don't believe, right, that they're doing physical challenges that allows them to have better vitality, libido, indirectly increase in testosterone levels, will that still result in a in a net positive towards the end? What's your thoughts on that? You know what I mean? They still don't believe. They, like they they believe they're doing jujitsu because, I don't know, for so, social perception or are you getting me there? I, I mean, they're still doing the physical activity. So I still say there's going to be the but They still are, but their intentions are not their correct. Their intentions are not correct. So I, it's not that, I, I, maybe that one's just more of what is fulfillment. But like maybe they're doing it to get the girl. Maybe they're doing it, you know, see, like I, I just wanted to throw that on the table yeah. of the, because I, 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 you know, I just start those for conversation, but I, this is what I I wonder then for that person, I assume that physical expression then has always been somewhere in their life prior to getting to jujitsu. This is a placeholder for a number of people. Yeah. This is like a medium of like, oh, this I physically express. Yeah. So they may not be able to create language for it. Yeah. I could, I could see that. I could see that in some for sure. And just by me bringing it up, I just want... I want people to keep questioning that, like, oh, geez, I thought you're supposed to do jujitsu because it's a balancer of all my math I do in the day. It's like, that's not the reason to do it. No, you got to do it because uh, we are 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 uh, innately made to move and do physical challenges. That's the reason why. Now, if you get these other things with it, you know, uh, colored belts, uh, popularity, social cohesion, all those other things, that's great. That's fantastic, but you still got to believe. Anyways, that's my high horse of the intentions thing. Okay, um, I do. I did. I took down uh, eight points actually. Uh, that was my hypothesis. We'll call it James Fitzgerald's hypothesis to factors leading to a demasculinization. So I'm taking the argument that we have, we are in a place of demasculinization, and here are the eight points. And maybe you could just pull down one word per if you want to, um, to for a retort. Okay. So my hypothesis is, first of all, um, there's nothing mission-like to do for jobs today. Now it's amphetamines, video gaming, and coding as a, as a majority. So uh, the nothing to do, you know, that that's like physically aggressive, et cetera. That's a hypothesis that would lead to that. Number two um, is my point on less Superman and more Elon Musk today. There's no role modeling. And and the role models today are unfortunately, you know, I, I call them like veiled as superheroes, right? Where you know the, for example, the um, I won't go, I won't dig it, dig into it any further. But the there, yeah, I need to dig into it further. The role models are like, say it another way, in my opinion, they're assholes. Uh, a lot of them are assholes, physical physical dominant bravado assholes, and then a lot of. A lot of uh, men connect to the to the feeling of oh that's masculinity. It's like well, 
they're not because when it goes back to those traditional words that you mentioned um handsome strong etc polite chivalry etc you didn't say chivalry but i love that world too chivalrous um no one knows that you're being that do you see the kicker there no you don't we don't you don't do it like you know i'm saying you don't you don't post on instagram the fact that you held a door open (laughs) and that that's what i see inside of that masculine role model today look look we still want to be chivalrous it's like don't fucking tell anyone like if you if you're telling people that you're like that that shows the intentions that you really don't want to do that okay sorry i won't go on the i won't go but connect that one i think you're going to come back to that one uh number three um uh intellectual importance is heightened today and physical importance is less this is what we've already discussed number four a, I said a quote, and I'm in air quotes now, a positive increase in the feminine, right? A positive increase, meaning that an increase in the narrative of femininity for today, for equality, balance, moderation, unity, etc. cetera, um, that is a positive movement, but it's still leading to a hypothesis of a perception of demasculinization. Number five, uh, is my previous point, social media influencing a generation to be expressive, kind, nourishing, dynamic, collective, and share and like everything. Mm-hmm. So in the characteristics of masculinity, that is not under the definition. So it doesn't make it right or wrong, but in, in social media today, it has, to, to put it in layman's terms, it is it has made a shit ton of males believe this is how you live and mix amongst others. You gotta, you gotta be kind and nourishing and uh, nurturing and share and like everything, etc. Um, and I, I don't think that leads to that. Number six, uh, kind of a deeper hole for another time, but postmodernism and the increase of that over time. Uh, this is get us gets us into a lot of trouble in terms of, you know, the language that we use for truths. Like, what is is a man? Uh, this is a woman. This is this sex. Is this gender? Is this language? Right? Postmodernism just flips a lot of that on its head for good reason sometimes, but that leads us to where we're questioning a lot of things today. So that has a part to play with it. Um, number seven. I'm not sure. I think. Well, I don't want to speak for you on that, but I don't think there. And I, I wrote down dot 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 for good reason. There's not enough feminists, males or females, that support the notion of balancing masculinity with femininity. Uh, That's for my lens, but, um, and I wrote down, remember dot, dot, dot for good reason. (laughs) Like I, I can understand why there's in 2020, not a shit ton of support for, for masculinity. I get it. Like, you know, we'll save that for an episode another time on a suffrage movement to the uh, equality voting rights, feminism waves, et cetera. Like me, I understand that, but I'm just saying, uh, like, if I was to scour 10 articles on that, and if 10 of them were written by females, one of them would be like, listen, yeah, there's a lot of assholes today. We got to balance this out, though. We got to balance the shit out. You know, that's what I meant by support, Melissa. Uh, maybe you'll come back to star number seven as well. And number eight, um, reality, I just wrote down, like bringing in money, um, education cost, purchasing a home. Having a family built, a dog, a car, <laughs> food. I mean, 
so, so those things at number eight, I think has a massive effect on, you know, to my point of a factor leading to a demasculinized society. Thank you for letting me flow through that list. Uh, I had eight of them. Um, any uh, retorts or thoughts or connectors? Well, let's kind of go through it. It's a mission or a lack of. We see that a lot. Unfulfillment. Why are people unfulfilled today? This one, I think, goes beyond just masculine or feminine. Most people are unfulfilled. So I think that's just a consensus of... I'm not sure if you if you have done this for this reason of taking down the words, but I'm going to flip this around as a possible like antidote for the idea, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay, so keep going. <laughs> uh, the Superman. Yeah. Um, I can't. I don't have young kids, so I can't speak to the narrative of what cartoons look like today. Yeah. But I know there was like so much controversy over Beauty and the Beast, but the beasts had all those characteristics yeah. and we all fell in love with him men and women. Cause I can talk to just as many of my male friends and they loved yeah. the beasts growing yeah. up. Cause he, there was so much to admire about him. He was handsome. We can't use beasts today. It's just such an overused <laughs> word. <laughs> but I mean, just like that, that I say beauty and the beast was one of the best Disney movies to demonstrate the difference between the asshole and right. Uh, the two modern- What's a modern language for beast then? <laughs> Come on, you could do it. You could do it. A modern. Or what? Because I agree with you. I agree with you. But I, but my fear of saying, you know, uh, be a beast or something like that. Because remember, we're trying to write a list of antidotes yes. to kind of like help this, right? Right. Um, um, I don't know. I'll just I, break I, down. I'll go back be- to like. Well, not, not, gonna... well, be the beast don't be a beast yes Ooh. yes yeah and i'll do capital b beast because then we can you know explain. that's my favorite one of those i don't i don't know any other narrative that's coming out to show those good attributes or qualities of being a man which yeah. kind of goes into one of the other ones we'll talk about of or or just that one of manners and chivalry um I went to breakfast on Saturday with a good friend of mine. He's from Texas and he opened the door when I got there and when I closed it and I was like, how refreshing is that? Right. And he's like, Oh, but I won't say that like I'm from Texas because people like have such a negative connotation of that. And I was like, that you have manners. Yeah. Yeah. And that also goes into another scenario of a client going into target and her son opened the door for the person behind him. And she's like, Oh, he doesn't need to do that for me as if it was a negative thing. And she's like, well, I'm just teaching my child manners, whether he was a boy or a girl, that it's polite to open the door for someone. Yeah, that's just civilized being. Civilized being. Right. And so that's where we can say is, are we swinging sometimes so far that we don't want to teach our children the attributes of being a good human being? Mm. Because that's toxic. Yeah. That scares me. It doesn't scare me. That that does go under, yeah. Which also then creates more men that are the things you were saying of not the not the role model, but showing the characteristics of being not polite and not like championing the guy that's rude, like right yeah. the person that doesn't open the door because we've been told that that's not a good thing to do anymore. Yeah, yeah. Me, the first thing I think about there is is media screws everything up because 
I'm also heartened by that person who said he doesn't need to do that for me. I, I am. I, I, I'm empathetic to that because they've probably just been drowned out with information that our society is so toxic in masculinity. I, I get it. Like, I, I know I know why. Right. And then they are possibly thinking, oh, you know, uh, watch out for all those young 12 year old boys who are going to hold doors open. They're not really doing it for the right reason. But they're being told that. You see what I'm saying? So I, I am empathetic to that person's perspective who doesn't want that, you know, mm-hmm. is this point door left door left open. Um, but inside of that, Melissa, is a nice uh, is a nice thing for us to to sit on to say that's what but that's what we're looking for that's what you and I are looking to do with this podcast that's where we're what we want people to think about is how do we how do we balance that out and media always gets media always gets maybe it's on top of my mind right now but it always makes all that shit just ugly and dirty you know that the person who had the door held open for them I'm saying, what are they listening to or what are they reading, you know, in media? What is being told to them? And then and then on the other side, it's that little asshole 13-year-old who like videotapes themselves holding a door open to share. You see what I'm saying? It's on it's on the other side. You know, it's like, but this the whole thing is theater. But but sometimes it happens and quote unquote the person appreciates the door was open. And the person who held the door was like, listen, I'm just doing this because it's polite. Case closed. Do you see what I'm saying? But media corrupts that whole picture. Well, that's that's where it came in. So I think we've talked about dating and relations and all those things and dating in today's society where it's that. If someone opens the door, you want them to because these are positive, handsome attributes of a male that we want to see. But now we have to doubt the intentions behind it. Is this person just overly opening the door because they're going to try to sleep with me on the first date? Right? Just good manners have been now. I think social media has made us doubt people being good people. Well, um, I think that was a good one. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take down a side note for that one to asterisk because we want to come back to that maybe as a, a title. I think we we had, did have it down in our notes for a future title, but the uh, let's call it the social media influence on sex and, uh, and relations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number three was uh, the... What we talked about, intellect is increasing and physical is decreasing. Could we say something like just be physically aggressive daily? I'm not hesitant also to use that word aggressive because, you know, what I'm saying people could think they're being physical. They're like, oh, you know, walked around the block and did some push ups at home. It's like, well, that is going to come to an end. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to need some variety in there. But I, that what I'm what I'm trying to uh, pull from that as a as a list here for the for the list of eight antidotes is a uh, you know or should I say physical challenges? What's your thoughts on that? Physical challenges. Yeah. When you think of what is a hobby or something to do on the weekend or going on vacation, be physical. Be physical. Go somewhere where you have to right, like get to chop a piece of wood and. And yeah. Like, like, yeah, it's like that's a bad thing. Like, yeah, go use a saw and that excites them. me. Get an act out, right? Like, or just even like if you break do, stuff. If you break something. If you yeah. know, if you have to throw away a piece of furniture. Yeah, don't go to a class that breaks things, right? Yes. Okay. Go <laughs> break rocks after you lifted them. 
if you own a gym or a facility, get some heavy bags. Don't be scared to program people those things. Maybe that's the fear too, as we've gone so into functional movement that everyone's just doing these things on linear planes and we're doing dead bugs and quadruped holds and we're scared just to give someone a really heavy Amen, sister. You're and speaking my language. How to move it. You're speaking uh, my language. We have to we have to re-educate often with clients of what is core strength or using having a strong midline. Go pick up that hundred pound sandbag and move it. Yeah, or punch a bag. Yeah, go punch a bag that it's not, uh, if you own a gym like ours or an OPEX gym, it's okay to have a punching bag inside of there or not to laugh at a client that says, I like signed up to take a a kickboxing class. Go kick something. Yeah. I encourage it. Yeah, that's physical challenges right there, right? I love it. So maybe that's the good one on that is that we can do a better job at exploring that or introducing that to clients yeah okay so so number four i I think i put a i think you're going to have something about that one my point being again is that in my hypothesis of one of the factors leading to demasculinizing in society is the air quotes positive increase in the feminine as an equality balancer moderator i think it's a choice we can have more men step into the roles of being present in their child's upbringings without that being a feminine thing. Why can't you be spending quality time with your child and teaching them masculine attributes? Attributes. Yeah. We saw, we've seen an increase of men being a part of the child rearing experience, but there's no map of what, what that has to look like. Yeah. You can take your kid out and play with rocks and go climb things with them. So if you are sharing that responsibility or that, um, you know, just women and men sharing uh, time off after childbirth. What does that have to look like? Trying to think of a word for balancing what you're speaking there in language. Like it's like balance. So I just think of pride or be proud of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not, it's not being proud and flaunting it. It's being proud because it really feels good for you. Cause that's what I, that's what I, cause I've asked those questions, right. During the Gillette face, you know, max, max, uh, masculine toxicity conversations or whenever it kind of comes up. I mean, I'm not in that area all the time. I don't live on Twitter. My brain is not like mashed into thinking that's, that's reality. Um, but I, I, I said, well, you know, well, how do I feel when I, when I do those things? And I really, I really do feel a sense of, pride of being a a secure individual for my daughters of of doing things that in my my soul i i really feel good about for for me not for other people but for me like the concept of being civilized and using manners and being polite etc um i do that for me because that makes me feel good and i will not I will not take it from anyone to to second guess that feeling that I have, right? So I'm. You see, I'm trying to find a word besides pride, because pr- pride may get may get jammed up. But I, you know, I'm trying to write down. Be proud of of those characteristics, like those masculine characteristics. That's what you just said, basically, in a different way, right? Like, just recognize that, yeah, for your you know family role, social role, gym role, etc. They all may change, but don't be what I'm saying there is don't be afraid of using the strengths of the masculine characteristics. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll write down pride, but I'll find another, another word for it. Um, social media influencing about expression. What's your thoughts on that? Um, it's maybe scary to to be open about that pride because there is now language that says that's a negative thing right so with more language sometimes negatives come so we have seen when we give right like just unless there's education on it there's no no it's just another i i think it's in some ways just like it's a it's a dig or to jab I think that's where feminine, like some of the feminist movement is like, who told you to feel this way? Yeah. It's this like back and forth. Back and forth. It's like the, it's like the kid holding the door open situation. It's the same thing. It's like, you know, I, 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 yeah, I, I can understand with that person, what they're reading and listening to. Like, it's just, it's out there. Right. It's the more we read something, it, it validates a feeling or an emotion inside of us. And sometimes those negative emotions feed off feeling that way. Yeah. So and I think that's where social media has come in. Okay. Um, five, social media influencing a generation to be expressive, kind, nourishing, dynamic, collective, and share and like everything. Um, I don't know. One thing that I think about for that is like, uh, do it for you uh, <laughs> and no one else. You know, like uh, there was a really good one of that. Of one of our our clients at his school, they do an eighth grade coming of age speech. I think we talked about this every uh, every week. A different eighth grader presents in front of the whole school of you know their takeaway from the um, going into what they're going to take to high school. And one of the girls was her presentation was on she doesn't like roller coasters, and that's okay to own who she is and not have a fear of missing out because all her friends are going on this roller coaster that she really doesn't enjoy going on. She doesn't want to do the drop. Right. So um, embracing that who you are is who you are and you don't have to be like everyone else and that they're not going to judge you for not liking all the same things. So if every kid could learn these things, it's like, the fear of missing out that it's okay that you're a boy and you like to wrestle with your friends. I know. I just immediately okay. stepped into how, <laughs> how I was just thinking back, like when I was 15 and, and the kind of stupid, aggressive risk shit that we did. And I'm just trying to think about like asking that of that group today. You know, it's like, I just, I just, I just saw it yesterday. I won't be lengthy on it, but I saw it at play at Hannah's tennis tournament where Uh, These young boys who were in between matches used to hang out. Right. And you could just sense that they're like, uh, we just want to do. So they got into this little rumble fight, whatever. And then uh, and the girls ran, ran away. We're like, oh, my God, there's a fight. And then a mom came over was like, you know, I listened to the the guy, the young boy who got into the fight and rumble with this kid, talked to his mom. His mom was like, that was so stupid. Why do you have to you're going to get kicked out of this tournament? And the, the, the boy was like, no, I just pick made fun of thing and he's okay he was just a little mad and i'm thinking i'm thinking when i was i was like at that age first of all the girls wouldn't have seen it and my you wouldn't have the mom make the like judgment on it do you see that i so i can just sense this like to your point this need for being okay to just like rough and tumble do physical shit i mean don't be an asshole and get into trouble and break the law but you know don't don't be afraid of of doing that with your buddies 
or I should say with your crew. Cause like, I know Hannah does that sometimes with her uh, boy friends. Yeah. Friends who are boys. So my, my eighth grade birthday was like, we had a shared birthday and we had three of the bounce houses. And one was the boxing one where it came with the big blown <laughs> boxing things. And it was like, literally wrestling was so all we did was like wrestle and punch each other. And it was like <laughs> the hit of the, the year, that birthday party. Cause we this had is, punching party. So beautiful. This is so beautiful. This, this story right there just captures Melissa. Right? <laughs> what what memory does she have <laughs> as a child? It's like punching men in a bouncy house. <laughs> oh, the, rock, the Rock was a good, actually, The Rock was a good role model during my age The from wrestling, which, he's, which actually The Rock, is, I think, is a great person today in yeah. acting. Yeah. But back then, I mean, that was my idol. He, the people's elbow, I love The Rock. <laughs> and, um, anyway. Gosh, that explains so much. I can't, I can't get sidetracked here. Of I, I I discover these things about people through conversations that I'm just so appreciative of. Um, number six was the postmodernism point. I'm not sure if you have anything to add to that. I just said, um, if you're gonna, you're not you're not gonna fix like the conversation of what is true. So I just wrote down have conversations with people. You got to. So if you instead of just yelling back and forth. Uh, men are not women. Women are not men. There's no such thing as this as the undergirding of characteristics. You know, don't talk about stereotyping. If you talk about stereotyping, that means you must be a sexist or a bigot. You know, instead of that, don't just stop there. Say, oh, do you, are you willing to go on with your conversation? Because I can, you know, at least talk it out with you. I could give you some explanation of it, et cetera. So I think the only thing that's going to be a fix for the postmodernism energy that's around is conversation. That's the only way that's going to be fixed. My favorite Brene quote on that is like, people are hard to hate up close, lean in. Mm. It makes me uncomfortable. I want to learn more. I want to talk more about it. Because yeah. there's something that's probably about me that's making me so angry about that yeah. that I need to figure out. So yeah, have- and I would I would even go so far to listen to your words to say in person. Yes. It's so much, so much of that back and forth happens in the digital landscape where you just put your phone down after you've so- sent something vitriolic, right? Or said something. Yeah. And we no, have- you need to be, you need to like get in person and say, you know, I would not have said this to your face, but now I'm going to, I'm going to like approach it in our conversation. When you're on the other side of that, like I've been, I really appreciate that. I yeah. really appreciate that. Cause that's where I'll grow is that, cause you know, for example, um i've had lots of you know indirect hateful not not largely hateful but some hateful stuff on my my views or etc and then that person has been in in purse in play you know from the outside i'm like oh what an asshole or uh she's being a bitch about that and then they get in person and then they repeat the same point and i do change do you see that so it's, it's like well i didn't really know that of your point that you made due to time or text size or whatever. But now that you're in person, you see what I'm saying? So uh, on the things will only change in person where it's visceral and tactile and you can make those uh, claims of what is true. Right. And I think on the internet, it's just, it can be humiliating when you catch yourself like, Oh fuck, like I got into this with a person and I'm probably wrong, but I don't want to let my ego down to admit that maybe we're not this far apart on the subject. Um, and it's very easy just to read something and resonate with it and post it really quick without fully comprehending the ramifications of like what you just posted. And do you really believe that? Or I just think, yeah, 
real life over internet conversation. Which is starred back to number two. I'm I'm gonna move quickly here because I know you need to finish up soon. Uh, number seven was I'm sorry. This is I don't want this to be short, but um, the, su- the su- supporting feminist structure, right? I think that does tie back into number four of that of the unity that we need, as opposed to like uh, just the overcorrection. If that makes sense. Yep. We do I think need uh, I think oh, I'll put in here that the the, uh, the New York Times piece I put of just. Um, they're, they have four points that I think are pretty aligned with this one. It's just having some more supportive paternity leave, right? So just having a balance of where men can play a role in their children's lives if they want to, or be there to be a role model for health and education and just playing a role in their child's upbringing. Um, better communicate or better media messages that portray men as uh, in a competent, responsible way versus the idiot or the misogynist character or a balance at least balance you know right if everyone is just like for the guy to be strong he has to be an idiot or for him to be handsome and then he has to be rude yeah we're just from a media standpoint doing all the masculine characteristics and then tying it to something negative yeah you can't be the handsome guy in the show and also be the nice guy that ends up being good for her he has to be the one that breaks her heart and she ends up with the guy that's more homely yeah. Yeah. Cause I think if you were to pull the, the universe today on that perception, the perception is really heightened with regards to the negative aspects of the word masculinity. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then last was just basically uh, uh vocation, making money, having like in reality today. So I just wrote down as an antidote to that uh, focus on getting educated and then focus on getting a job. I mean, it's it's just reality, right? Without even bringing in the conversation of creativity, artistry, universal basic income, what does that look like? Maybe an athlete's, you know, likeness and value, social media influencer, like that's a very, very small percentage of that, like avatar masculine. So if we just focus on that, I think that'll fix all of that, you know, because it's all you can do, you know, you can complain like, oh, my house is so much. And I did, okay, what are you going to do about it? Right. What are you going to do about it? What you can do to at least like ear up against trying as hard as possible is to get educated, fully educated as much as possible. And that's a whole other conversation for another time as to how to do that effectively for the future. Uh, And then focus on getting a job. If there's a little side note here of anyone who's listening in that wants to add something or I can add a personal anecdote that was helpful for me. I got a job as soon as I became a teenager, even when I was 10, 11, 12, I was doing some stuff, but I got jobs like odd jobs. And um, this conversation from another time and where that came from, the intentions and stuff, but that taught me a lot. Uh, value of money, value of hard work, uh, entrepreneurship, individualism, responsibility, like buying my own Jordans, you know, uh, in grade 10. I, I can remember that uh, I was going to get them for Christmas and I told mom that I was going to get them myself. Like that really made me, like I stood up that I was like, that's my shit, right? Like I'm doing that because I want to do it. So you can see that sometimes in the current landscape with changes in minimum wage and um, et cetera, I would just like to make that point that if you want to fix that as an antidote, focus on getting a job early. I know your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So our, uh, our nice little turnaround there antidotes was number one, uh, find a mission. Number two, be the beast. Number three, uh, do physical challenges. Uh, number four, um, be pr- be proud of masculinity. 
Uh, number five, I'm going to find better language for that. Number five uh, was don't share anything <laughs> on social yeah. media. <laughs> Who cares? Just oh. do it because you do it. Uh, number six, have conversations. Uh, number seven, uh, this is what I wrote down there for that one. This is the antidote for feminist support for the conversation. Uh, I wrote down, if you, if you are in that masculine realm or a male, we have to recognize, accept, and then unify, right? So it, it's not, don't just wait for that like collective feminist movement to like grow and support. No, you've got to recognize why they would feel the way that they would collectively for that feminine structure and that movement, if that makes sense. You got to recognize that. First, recognize that, accept it, and then unify after that point. And then lastly, uh, get a, get, you know, go to school and get a job. And that would certainly maybe fix the concept of, of uh, demasculinizing. Solid. So we asked the question today as a recap, um, is demasculinization real in society today? Um, I think actually, I actually don't think it is, but we're, but this is my point anyways, but we're finding, we're finding things that is associated with that. What's your thoughts on that in the question that we asked? I would agree. We are not a demasculinized society. There are some things that align with a decline in those attributes. Um, but I don't think it's a reflection of a rise in the feminine movement. I, I wouldn't say that it's a clash of those two things that's causing this to happen. I think it's technology and just where our world is going. Um between and that because social media is a result of technology so um deeper conversations and more involvement in our child's our children's lives yeah that's great for the i'm just writing down a note on the formative stuff that we actually didn't i didn't add inside of that with regards to family but that's maybe a conversation for another time as to a maybe an antidote for the conversation um, is we forget that quote unquote uh, father role model and their effect that they can have on the positive influence for what is masculinity. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, and, and being can... being happy with that, or you know, I think that'll be a fun one for another topic when we talk okay. about the uh, rise of fatherless homes and the impact of that. So that's yeah. a whole nother. Okay, well, and we did uh, in case no one recognized there tied it in really well on the front end with regards to masculinity and coaching masculinity and fitness the way we tied it into coaching is we talked about the the stereotypical characteristics that are required and necessary for a coach uh secondly we talked about it inside of fitness and the fitness landscape with asking of everyone just do physical challenges like just be consistent do physical challenges and, and love fitness um and make it a part of quote unquote your your daily practice and I think there, you know, we can kind of reorganize our way of not even saying we're doing this because it's more masculine entity. No, we're doing this because we can and it's for us. And on the outside, outset, I think you're going to get an increase in the proper version of masculinity based upon that. Super duper. Thank you for, uh, I'm also going to 
just to remind uh, everyone, we'll connect those three articles as well as the WTF happened in 1971.com uh, for people just to kind of see that change in what happened. And um, and if you have any uh, feedback, uh, you can email us or any recommendations. And uh, otherwise, uh, any sign-offs, uh, Melissa, or reminders before we get out of here? No, I think we did it good today. Awesome. Thank you for your time. Take care. Uh,